and welcome back to Say It With Your Whole Chest, the podcast. My name is Jess, also known as the Fat Funny One, and welcome back. If this is your first episode, then Say It With Your Whole Chest is a fun, uplifting, and joyous podcast. We talk about all sorts, and it's an opportunity for people to say what they want with their whole chest and open up dialogues about conversations of topics that maybe people don't always want to talk about. This week's guest was the incredible Karina. She is one quarter of Black Mums Upfront over here in the UK, and they are putting Black Mums at the forefront of the conversation. We had so much fun recording this. There are some real belly laughs. We talked about everything from coping with lockdown, hashtag tier four. We talked about having those really awkward conversations with your children around sex and finances. And we talked about racism. We talked about so much, but we also connected and it was just brilliant and had so much fun. So make sure you listen. And when you get to the end, you can work out what your Bridgerton name is. I know, don't ask, just listen. If you've got any questions or want to know more or where to find Karina, then her and her team are down below with all their details. You can find Karina, ND, Nana Adjua and Natalie anywhere on social media at black mums up front and if you want to go on their website or find out more about the incredible things that they're doing then have a look and check them out i hope you enjoy this episode and have as much fun listening as i did recording it thank you so much for tuning in and don't forget to subscribe bye And we are back. Welcome to Say It With Your Whole Chest. And I am joined today by the lovely Karina. Hey. Hello. How are you? Tired of lockdown, (laughs) tired of homeschooling, like tired turning to drink. But um, I was going to say, how much Ray and Nephew have you drunk? (laughs) You know what? I'm actually drinking Bailey's today. Keeping it Christmas. Dragging out the theme. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Drinking a bit of Bailey's this evening. That is my kind of... (sighs) <sighs> at the end of the day so yeah yeah oh, we need it though it's not in fact I think the first time we spoke was during like the first beginning not do you remember baby. you would oh my gosh had a baby so and it was just like, lockdown yeah and now we're nearly a year later he's 10 months yeah and we're, st- we're still here <laughs> I'm like I turned 35 at the beginning of lockdown and I'm now turning 36 so I'm literally like I've gone through 34 35 and I'm now going into 36 like in lockdown it's but the most surreal thing though isn't it like it really is it really the most is. surreal thing oh my god and it's like for me it's like so much has happened in the last year like so many highs so many lows Mm -hmm. I know like I lost so many um family members at the beginning of lockdown um like at the beginning of COVID and it was just like one after the other after the other and so it was just this period of where like I just didn't want to answer the phone like if I saw like my aunt or my sister calling me I was like oh well who are they calling to tell me has passed away now like it was just like a low and then through summer summer came and even though you know we were still partially on lockdown it was like just the weather was nice to be able to see like my friends and my family after being cooped up in the house yeah. for so long like it was just small things that would make me smile which was really really nice because it made me appreciate like just the little things that can put a smile on your face yeah, absolutely. Um, like the sun shining or you know sitting in the park and just having a laugh with your friends or whatever and then obviously we then went back into lockdown towards the end of last year and it's just kind of like all right fine we we, we know how this goes we, we, 
you know, I've got this, I can do this. And now we've got the homeschooling. So I think lockdown's kind of taught me that life, I know I don't want to sound too philosophical. No, go for it, go for it. We need it. (laughs) It's like lockdown has taught me that, you know, you're going to have highs and you're going to have lows, but for it all, like you're going to come out at the end of it, either learning from those highs and lows or either just kind of getting through the day to day. And I think I'm at the point now where I'm kind of taking each day as it comes and trying to find something in each day that makes me smile, or you know, makes me happy. So yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there slowly. You're just dropping gems in the beginning. We've been here for two minutes and you're just like, bam, bam, let's just cover it. Now you are part of something beautiful. You are part of this. I never know what to call it. Sisterhood community, just this incredible group of incredible women. And I want you to tell us about that. Tell us about that. Yes. So um, I am part of, we say we're a podcast collective, but we're a little bit more than that. But oh my gosh, you're way more, way more than that. <laughs> um, it's called Black Mums Up Front. And um, honestly, I would probably say the sisterhood that is part of that community. So whether it's the amazing women who I call my sisters that I do the podcast with, or whether it's the women that, you know, are part of our various community groups or support, you know, the podcast that we, we, we do, it's like, they are, they're like my go-to. So if I'm having like a bad day or something's annoyed me, I guarantee you I can pop into the group and they will be like, no, Karina, come on, what's wrong? Like, or they'll just, just something will be going on in there or a topic will be going on that will instantly just make me forget that I'm in a bad mood or I'm feeling low or I'm feeling down. Like, and what I love about it is it's that you are unapologetically black and female Mm. and it doesn't matter what your experiences are or what you like or what you don't like. Like everyone is respected. Everyone is championed. Like even in like one of our um, WhatsApp groups um, today is so random. Um, we th- There was a um, sex tape that had leaked from um, a rapper. Can you hear me? I'm like, oh, Right, so it dropped. And so I went in the group. I said, guys, have you guys seen this sex tape that's dropped from this rapper? And they were like, no. And so one of the girls was like, um, send it to me. And then another one was like, uh, send it to us, like drop it in the group. <laughs> so I dropped it in and I was like, Right. All I keep focusing on is the girl in the sex tape. I was like, she has got the most amazing boobs. Like I want her boobs. And then it then started a whole conversation about kind of like our bodies and how Mm. our bodies change after childbirth and how, you know, we want perkier boobs and how some women were like, no, they haven't got any boobs. Like they want bigger boobs. And like everyone was sharing kind of pictures of themselves, like in their bras and stuff. And it was just, it's so beautiful that you feel that you're in a safe space among sisters that you can share these intimate pictures of yourself of your boobs and stuff and have these you know adult conversations about boobs and about sex and you know just it's not taboo and I think that's what I love about um the podcast that we talk about topics that people might feel a taboo within the black community and we're normalizing the fact that we should be having these conversations so whether it is talking about you know sex or whether it's talking about things that are normally seen as taboo in the in the black community such as mental health 
Mm. Or money, finances, yeah, money, yeah. finance, like all of these things. They're things that we want to talk about. Like, you know, there's a few women in um, one of the groups that I'm in and they're um, buying properties. And I don't know anything about that. Like I, I, I haven't, I'm not at a stage yet where I've bought a property, but they're sharing kind of like their route onto the property ladder, the things that they came up across, like the issues and challenges that they came across when purchasing or wanting to buy and, you know, buying on a chain and all of these things. And I'm like, these are things that we should be talking about because it helps someone else when they're at that stage in their life where they're embarking on that journey as well but yeah I just love it the fact that you know we can talk about porn and all of these different things that you would think oh it's a little bit you know taboo or I don't want to like let me act prudish because I don't want people to think a certain way but it's not that at all it's about being unapologetically black being unapologetically female and just talking about things that affect you and everything it means to be a black woman in 2021. I love that. Like, it reminds me of my, so my mum, my mum's, my mum's family are Jamaican and my dad's family are white British, but I didn't meet my dad until I was 27. So that was only a few years ago. So I grew up with a Jamaican family and conversations, they didn't happen. We didn't talk about money. Everything was big people talking. So you just, that's it. So we never, as children, spoke about those things freely and I grew up in church as well my family Christian so things like sex and stuff just don't do it till you're married that was like the limit of the conversation and it wasn't because people didn't want us to be educated they're just conversations that don't happen there's so much fear around if we talk about it and open the floodgates and let children be inquisitive about it are they going to then go and try and find out a bit more? <laughs> and it's like, actually, no, have those conversations now. And so I talk, well, not necessarily about sex because I told Sophia she can't do it till she's like, <laughs> um, <laughs> she, although she's eight and she thinks that sex is kissing yeah. and that's it, which we're happy with that. We were like, yep, yeah, that's it. And she's, <laughs> she said to us once, what did she say the other day? She's, we were watching a film and they kissed and she was like, oh, do you two do that? <laughs> And we were like, nah, nope, nope, not at all, not at all. And she was like, yeah, I know, good, because I, I make sure I can hear, and you definitely don't. <laughs> she was like, I normally just hear you snoring. <laughs> I'd be like, Sophia, girl, honey bun, you better be careful what you're listening out for, girl. I said, all you hear is snoring, babes. She was like, yeah, you're always snoring. Mummy's louder than daddy, just snoring. I was like, okay. All you're hearing, babes. We've got three kids and a dog. I ain't got time to do-do, let alone do that. Are you mad? But it's so important to have those conversations. It is. It's so important. And I think as black women and as mums, we all have different styles of parenting and there's no right or wrong way on how to parent your children. All we try and do is share our experiences and try and, you know, start those conversations that were never had when we were kids or that were never had with us growing up. You know, I remember saying to my daughter, um, she said she was, she's 11. So she's in year six, about to go into secondary school in September. And, um, I said, to, she said to me, oh yeah, mum, we were doing um, sex education at school. So I was like, oh, okay. So this was when she was in year five. And she was like, yeah, we did sex education today. And um, one of the kids asked our teacher, like how a baby's made. And um, the teacher said, oh, that's a year six question. It's not a year five question. We have to wait till we get to year six. So I said, oh, really? She was like, yeah. She was like, but I know how babies made are made. So I said, oh, okay, like, all right. You know, like literally I'm sitting there, my heart's beating. I'm like, <laughs> I'm honestly that mum there's no in between I'm either like so inappropriate or just avoid the conversation <laughs> like there's no there's no middle ground so literally all I did is I bought her this book 
and it goes through kind of like periods and sex and whatever. And I was just like, here you go. Like, really <laughs> so I don't know how I've had this conversation with her. But anyway, so she's obviously read the book. So she said to me, oh, like, yeah, mum. So I, but I know how babies are made. So I said, oh, really? Like how are babies made? She was like, well, it's when a man and a woman get together and they do adult things on top of each other. And then a baby's made. And I went, okay, yeah. Yep. That is how babies are made. Yep. Yes, it is. Yep. That is that. And she was like, it's called sex. And I went, yep, that is what it's called. What that's it. That's right. it. What so, else can you say? Yeah, what else can you say to that? But it's like, you know, I, I remember growing up, I never had those conversations mm-hmm. with my parents. And like you, like my mom and my dad are very typical Jamaicans. And, you know, they, they didn't have those conversations with me. My dad certainly definitely never was going to have that conversation no. with me. My mum, my mum's approach to it was, yeah, you're just not having, yeah, not having sex. Never. (laughs) But yeah, it's weird because now I'm getting into this phase where, you know, my daughter's approaching teenhood and, you know, she has a TikTok account and whatever. And I'm always checking it um, like randomly. I'll just check it. I remember um, the other day there was, um, I checked it on TikTok and she'd been messaging um, a boy from her school. And he was like, like, oh, you're right. So you're right. You're right. You're right. And she was just like, oh, hi. Like it was that kind of awkward, like, hi, like you don't really know what to <laughs> thing. And he was like, um, oh, you're so leng. Have you got a boyfriend? And she was just like, no, thank you sort of thing and then he was like still trying to respond and she didn't reply so by the time I checked it this the messages were like a couple of days old so I messaged back and I said hi this is Soraya's mum many thanks for telling my daughter that she's leng in inverted commas um so for those who are listening who aren't sure I think like leng in like kids in slang mean, means like you're really pretty, pretty. Or yeah, 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 yeah. I, I was like thanks very much for telling my daughter she's leng I said if you weren't aware she's 11 years old I said therefore she, no she does not have a boyfriend and I would appreciate if you didn't if you would refrain from asking her such questions and if you haven't got anything um constructive to be messaging her do not message her again you message me back okay oh yeah because he was like oh, I was gonna be in trouble <laughs> Like, did you have a conversation with her about it? I said, no, she'll go in there and she'll see the messages and she'll see it's from me. And then she'll come and she'll be like, oh, mum, why did you message me? <laughs> but, you know, it's, um, yeah, I mean, sorry to, to, to divert from the conversation. So yeah, funny. I think for, for, for me as a parent, it's really important for me to have those conversations with you. Yeah. And I think it's, it, it's about having those age appropriate conversations with your kids. Mm. not shying away from the topics and I'm a I'm a real believer in if you don't have the conversations with the kids they're more likely to then go and seek out to want to do and to find out for themselves or be taught from their peer groups or from the internet or from anyone else but you so I would prefer to have those conversations with her from early so she knows what the standards are what I expect what the values and morals are that she should possess and she should embody and so as she grows up it's not something new for her it's something that we've Mm. constantly spoken about and had open conversations about and you know when she does get to that age where she does start having sex and whatever I would prefer for her to come and have those conversations with me so I can have you know engaging dialogue with her and open dialogue and make sure that if that is something that she is going to do that she's made it for the right she's made that decision for the right reasons and that you know she's practicing safe sex and whatever as opposed to 
you know, getting to 16 and then all of a sudden coming home and saying, mum, I'm pregnant because she didn't know what contraception was or she didn't know what, you know, the the consequences of having unprotected sex are. So mm. I prefer to just have those conversations with her, really. I mean, everyone's different and everyone's going to approach it different. But for me, it's about just having those open and honest dialogues with her, really. Yeah. And totally. we're all in this parenting thing together no 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 one knows how to do it right so we're just literally we're just all winging it yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) just like totally winging it and I think that's what's so important about having a sisterhood or having mum friends or having people that you can go listen uh, my kids are doing my head in today what what can I do or just be able to vent be able to ask questions be able to have that judgment-free zone of this is how I'm doing it you know, I don't know if this is the right thing. And having friends that disagree, but say, but we'll support you anyway. And those things are really important. Now, there is a conversation you've had with your daughter, which got to ITV. <laughs> um, and it's a, a conversation that nobody necessarily wants to have, but has to happen when your child is black. There's no two ways about it. And it's a frustrating conversation. Uh, well, when I hear other people say, well, when should I say it? Or what should I teach my child who, for children who aren't black? It frustrates me that they've got the privilege of even having to ask if it's appropriate to talk about it or when they should, okay. yep. because that's not a privilege that black children hold. And that is about racism. And you were all, not even just ITV, you were, every, every time I turned on the telly, I was like, there's Karina again. Oh, look, there's Karina again. And, and both of you sometimes were on those conversations. Yeah. Yeah. How did you even get, well to open that dialogue with ITV and and how did that even happen um so as you I mean I do a podcast you can imagine I'm a mouthy little so <laughs> I'm not to swear I'm a mouthy little so so um so I'm very very active on social media but through my job anyway I do like I do do a lot of panels for kind of BBC and ITV speaking about race and discrimination and different various things within the industry that I work in. So I think on following kind of what happened with George Floyd and the explosion of the Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter movement last summer and all of those conversations that came with it, I think I was watching something and then commenting on Twitter about exactly what you said, Jess, that, you know, I didn't have that privilege to think when is the most appropriate time to have the conversation with my daughter about race. It was pushed upon me because of an um, incident that happened to her when she was five. And so that was picked up by one of the producers on Good Morning Britain and they asked me if I would come in and um, have a chat about it and you know for me I felt it was really important to again have that dialogue and to Mm. open that conversation because you know my I remember like I said my daughter was five she'd been at her grand's house and um she'd been there for about a week I think or maybe a little bit more because it was summer holidays and she'd come home we'd gone to Clark's to buy her some shoes um to go back to school to start school actually it was the it was when she was starting um reception so that but just before September and she was due to start um, school in September and was in Clark's and she'd been back from her grand's for like a couple of days. And um, she was sat there trying on shoes and then just out of the blue, she said, mum, can I tell you something? And I was like, yeah, like what's up? And she basically just told me the story how she was at nanny's and they were all playing out. And one of the girls that was there had come from like McDonald's or something like that. And she'd said to the group of them, 
my daughter couldn't have any of her chips or I don't know if it was chips or something, but she said she couldn't have any because she's black, but her cousin could have some because um, my daughter's cousin was only half black. She's mixed race. So she was mm. like, oh, you're only half black. So she can have some. And obviously for my daughter, we come from such a multicultural family. Like we've got Asian in my family. My stepmother is mixed race. So my step gran is white um, and I call her Nan. And so, you know, mm. we, we have such a, such a diverse and multicultural family. So for Soraya to hear that, for her, it's like it's re- it would have been confusing because she would have Absolutely. been like, I've never, that's not a narrative I've ever experienced or ever heard that I can't have something because I'm black. And um, she then was like telling me the story. And then she said that she just, so I said, well, what did you do afterwards? And she went, oh, I just went inside to Nanny's house and I just sat down. So when I called her grandmother on her dad's side, she was saying it all makes sense now. She said, cause she remembers her coming in and it was an, it was a warm day and she didn't want to play outside anymore with the rest of the, like her cousins and stuff. And she was asking her like, why don't you want to play outside? And she went, oh no, it's fine. I just, I just want to sit inside with you. And she didn't even it. say. So yeah. And it, so it's then taken for her to come home. And then a few days later, while we're out shopping for her to feel comfortable enough to be able to say what happened so I was explaining this on Good Morning Britain and basically talking about the importance of talking about you know race and stuff to kids and Mm -hmm. it being age appropriate and you know I wasn't saying that you have to come out and say right this is a black person this is a white person (laughs) whatever, whatever. But I was saying, you know, you can encourage your kids to know about differences in race by the TV shows that they watch or the TV Mm. that they watch, the books that they read, the colour of their toys or their dolls or um, action figures or whatever that they play with. You know, all of these things can encourage kids to see diversity. And honestly, Jess, after that came out, after I did that that show and then um, Good Morning Britain put like a clip of it on social media, and the uh, you didn't go to the comments honestly the, you went to the comments can really you know you never go even, to the comments I didn't even have to go to the comments because they had tagged me in the clip oh god so obviously when people were replying to it they were replying to my at as well yeah, yeah and literally I was just I literally was there like wanting to reply to all of them and um it was actually one of my white friends Adam who I absolutely lo- like he's a he is a problem on social media I keep saying to him Adam at some point put the keyboard down like just allow it and he's like no no not going to not going to I keep telling you he is a problem on social media like I know I've got a mouth on me but he takes it to a complete (laughs) level but he was like going back and forth with these people on um, Twitter and what was really interesting is because he's a white man the way that they were replying to him to how I know they would have replied to me as a black woman was very different. And for me, I say to people that is using your privilege. Yeah. White person, because you are able to step in and stick up for people um, when you recognize what your privilege is. And for him, he recognizes that as a white man, he has a, a has an enormous privilege over me, who's a black woman. And mm. in that moment, he used his privilege to stick up for me and to try and educate people and where they clearly weren't listening to what I was saying. They're, they're not going to. It's really I've been in that position. So a few years ago, a good few years ago, I went to a club in Birmingham of a group of my girls, all whom were black or light-skinned. There was a couple of us who were mixed, but everyone else was dark-skinned or, or light-skinned. But we went to this club, we booked a table. It was my friend's birthday, got to the door, and the doorman basically was like, no, you're not coming in. And we were like, but we've got a booking. 
I thought, this is strange. And and black doorman, there was a couple of doormen on the door and a black doorman took one of the girls aside and just said, they're not going to let you in because there's too many black girls here. That That's just what they're going to do. So me and myself, a bit like you, Karina, was like, oh, really? <laughs> okay. So I, I went on to Facebook. I did a massive post basically saying, don't go to this club. This is what's happened. Like, and the doorman was trying to do us a favor as a black man, but then I was angry because I was like, then why are you working here? Of course, of course. Why are you here when you, you, you've just had to tell a woman that looks like your mum that we're not allowed in? Do you even understand that? So I did this massive rant and was like, don't go there. This is what happened. Went to bed. In fact, I did. I was a bit tipsy because I, I, I was so fuming. We went to this dead out club around the corner that was like yeah. a hot, you know, like a proper sweat box. Like a, yeah, yeah, I wasn't yeah. in the mood for that. I was in the mood for bougie. I didn't get bougie. I got bashment rave, which was fine in normal listen, circumstances. I'm, listen, I'm, I'm a bashment queen, you know. Listen, just, I'm not, like listen, I have to be prepared for it though. Like, yeah, I need to know because I have to wear the right shoes. Yes. Right. I need to wear the right shoes. Thank you. I needed my dancing heels. I needed a dress that was maybe an inch longer because I couldn't really <laughs> dance how I wanted to dance and plus it just killed my mood because then I was just yeah. vexed yeah. so I went back to the hotel did this right anyway went to sleep and the next day it was shared like 30,000 times wow. and next thing my face was on the front of every national newspaper but the issue I had is whilst I wrote the post nobody used the picture of the group of us they just used the picture of me yeah. now if people listen to the podcast and don't follow me anywhere else yes I'm mixed but I've got blonde hair and blue well I've dyed my hair recently but I've got blonde hair and blue eyes naturally and freckles I'm, I'm very white person especially in photos and I'm very aware of that and they used my picture headlines were like race cards said she was too black to party and then obviously everyone's looking at my picture thinking they're thinking what huh? like that's proper pulling the race card just because your mum's black so I that abuse side of the social media when you talk about race openly whoo yeah I I got I got it from all angles all angles and my mum I remember my mum ringing me and being like, <laughs> being like who is green man underscore free because I'm gonna go to his house and I'm gonna chat to his mother and I'm gonna drapes him up and drapes up his granny who is he to tell you that I was like mum don't read the comments like don't read the comments that's me as a mum but not even as a mum that is just me full stop like I'm ready to pull up at any point she was like who is this who is this man that commented this who and I said look people went mental like they just they just they were the backlash was it was violent like so violent people were sending me death so I I know that and I was so mad because I thought no one's actually listening to what I'm saying I never said they told me I was too black to go in that actually they said there was too many black people in my group and people didn't listen when you when they're just on the defense and they're just racist they can't see past what the actual context of the conversation is yeah. They just go into no. You're they, just they, saying, they don't listen to reply. They don't actually listen constantly. To what's actually being said? And love chat about some race card. Like we all just put it out for the fun of it. Are you mad? All, like all the time. All the ev- honestly. Any time I speak on a panel or I speak on a um on a like a media interview or whatever, and it's got anything to do with kind of race or discrimination or inclusion or you know, I remember so my background is sports and entertainment and I when um Greg Clark made the so Greg Clark used to be the chairman of the FA and when he made some statements during a select committee hearing last year and he made some really awful um remarks actually. And so following that I then did race 
Radio 5 Live and talking about it. Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't just kind of, it wasn't remarks just to black people. It was, you know, he he made some really sexist remarks as well, homophobic remarks. And all they picked up on was the racism remarks and kind of what I was saying. And again, it came of, oh, you know, there's just the race card, you know, that's, that's, that's just his era. And that's just, you know, and I'm like, I, I, don't, like I don't care if it, that's his era or that's just how they spoke when he was growing up or whatever, or the time that he's from at the end of the day, this is 2020 at the time. It like, it's not acceptable. So <laughs> using that as an excuse doesn't, doesn't run with me. It, so, I find it weird that people allow that to be, to condone behavior but if it's to do with anything else you wouldn't expect anyone to behave or to own or to use something from 1960 1970 yeah. if your family still had a black and white telly with free channels and a house phone that you did the little circle circle down oh, you'd God, be like right <laughs> you'd be like move with the times so yeah. if you're if you're in 2021 and you've got the latest mobile phone and you use technology and you've managed you've managed to adapt yourself and your life to come with the times on everything else but that then that was perfect that was that was on purpose yeah I I can't understand why we can move with the times with everything else apart from racism sexism people being homophobic I I genuinely can't grasp how that's ever used as an excuse they want to be able to push those views and they want to be able to push those views freely so by in order to do that that's why they they say oh you know but that's just the times or whatever and I'm just like this is ridiculous because what I've noticed now is whenever a conversation around race or sexism or whatever arises what I see now is a new thing of people saying how someone should identify so for example um how you were saying that you're mixed but you know you're very white passing but you mm-hmm. you're you, whenever i've spoken to you Jess you always champion the fact that you're mixed right and what I'm seeing now is when you have a conversation about race or someone speaks up about their experiences as a mixed person or a black person or whatever, it's always like, yeah, but they're light skin or, oh, they're mm. not, they're, you know, or they're mixed race. They're only half black. So it's fine. And it's like, how can you tell me how I identify or how my experiences make me feel like mm. how your experiences might be as a mixed woman might be completely different to somebody else's experiences as a mixed woman. And there's so many different factors that come into that absolutely so I just feel like everyone needs to mind their own business basically. <laughs> <laughs> that is, listen that's like a self-care tip for me like yeah. Jess sometimes <laughs> I find myself getting invested and I have to say Jess mind your business for yeah, your mind, own mind, mind the business that pays you Jess so ignore it <laughs> Ex- but it's true we do try and like say well you can't feel that way you can't but I cannot speak on behalf of black women, dark skinned black women, because that's not my experience. That's my mother's experience. And I can talk about things that I witnessed on her, you know, as a child, I had a woman in Tesco's try to walk me away from my mum when I was, and I remember it so vividly. And they were like, where's your mum? And I was like, huh? And that my mum got that often was mistaken for my au pair or my brother's nanny. And it was constant. And I remember this woman literally trying to walk me away from my mum and take me to customer services. And I was like, but that's my mum. Like that, that's what do you mean? And I had this, you know, blonde curly hair and big blue eyes and people just couldn't fathom that my mum was a, a black woman. They just couldn't. And so my experience is very different, but I think you very much have to recognise your privilege. And I do. And I think there's conversations that I 
sometimes shy away from but also I recognize actually if I'm looking if I've been invited onto a panel or something and I go okay well, what's you know who else has been invited and they give me a list I'm like okay well there's no I can't see any other black women on here that's not no someone needs to take you know take my seat then because whilst I appreciate I you know I'm mixed I was raised by a black woman it's not my seat to take sometimes and I recognize that but equally people cannot say to me well that's you don't understand that or you you can't because sometimes I'm like you realize that I didn't meet any white family members until I was 27 (laughs) 27 and I went to a family barbecue and they had quiche I'd never experienced that in my whole damn life like are you mad (laughs) never it's so weird when you not weird but it's so funny when you look at kind of the differences in cultures Mm. and so when you're used to uh, it's so funny because one of my friends she speaks about this all the time she's mixed as well and she's like yeah um she's like I actually hate going to like my white family houses and I'm like why and she's like because it's things like quiches or you know like just oven stuff and that's obviously a big generalization yeah um, but she's like, I actually like quiche there's not a problem listen <laughs> I still season it night, you know like them English listen listen them English um, um meals they absolutely bang the little absolutely. egg and chips and that listen my mum used to do a fried egg and chips boy that was listen. it's 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 so funny when you look at when people have um two cultures in Mm. their in their lives or they're from two cultures and seeing the way that it comes together and even me like I'm very I'm very very connected with Jamaica you know I spent my summers there my dad's there at the moment like he'd spend like six months in Jamaica and six months here because he's retired so you know want to be your dad yeah Sarai spent the whole of um summer 2019 in Jamaica with my dad there for like seven weeks um so I'm very very connected with Jamaica if someone says to me oh like where are you from like the first thing I say is Jamaica because I do feel that you know I am Jamaican first and foremost because it informs a lot of my values my morals the way that I am although I was British raised but the the perks that come with having you know being Jamaica but British raised is you know Sunday dinner having like (laughs) but then having some Yorkshire pudding (laughs) with it and stuff like that and I'm like yeah like I'm loving this, you know, or having like a full roast and then having some fried planting on the side or whatever, <laughs> you know, like I absolutely love it. That so is, I'm, that I'm is not going to complain about that at all. Like I absolutely love the infusion of two different cultures. Absolutely love it. So do I, I do, I, I, well, I only grew up with my Jamaican family, so I don't know any different, but that was, that was our life. That's, I used to spend the weekends with my grandparents. Um, that's how we went to church every Sunday. That was just how we were raised. And we did go to Jamaica for about eight weeks and I went to school out there. Um, and they just kept calling me yellow, which I always, <laughs> always think they laugh. And they just could not, they couldn't understand that me and my brother, well, they understood that we were born in England because according to them, we were white. But my mum, they were like, well, so you, your mum was born here because she's black. And then she went to England and had white children. And we were like, no. <laughs> that's not how it works but we went to school there and they were just like yellow yellow girl yellow girl always across the playground it was so funny Jamaicans come up with a nickname (laughs) and somebody like my uncle right his nickname is I won't even say in the joke so his nickname is collar as in like shirt collar yeah but all growing up, I just used to hear them say, oh, colour, colour, what, mm, colour, colour. So I just thought it was colour. Like, I didn't know <laughs> that I didn't. So then one day, 
he was like, someone said, yo, colour, colour. So then I think my sister said, like, why do they call you collar? And he said, because he used to wear these shirts with these big collars. So from then they just called you collar. I don't know any, to be fair, I didn't even know my granddad's name that we've all oh, known yeah. isn't yeah. even his name. Yeah. Like that's, that's just... Any Caribbean I know, not even just like any Caribbean I know, they call you're called Peter, but your name ain't really Peter. Like, I found out my grand's real name. I thought my grand's name, right, was Alice. Like, genuinely thought my grand's <laughs> name was Alice. All right. Then she passed away, cool. So, preparing for the funeral, everything. So, we get to the funeral and they're handing out the flight, the like the programs flyers. Like you got to love a program. Listen, Jamaican people yeah, love yeah. a funeral program. Love, you know? love, love, they'll love take two or three. Love a funeral program. <laughs> love to hold on to it as well. They lo- my, my grandparents had love. They're handing out these programs, right? And obviously we walk in behind like the coffin and everything. We sit down. So I've got the program and I'm sitting down there. And then like, they're like, right, so we're going to sing a hymn. So I've opened the program, singing the hymn, finish the hymn, sit back down. I close the program. I look down and I say, Leonora. I said, who the hell is Leonora? I'm like, dad, they got, dad, they got, gra- dad, they got grandma's name. No, dad, listen. He's like, Shh, no, dad, listen. They got grandma's name. Who did the programs? <laughs> it says Leonora. My dad said, oh, Karina, what are you talking about? Leonora, is yes, that's her name, Leonora. <laughs> what are you talking about, Dennis? I thought her name was Alice. His name is Dennis Nima, probably. <laughs> it's not, it's Deniston. <laughs> I told you, my granddaughter, we've called Lloyd, and his name's not Lloyd, his name's Lanford. <laughs> what even is that? I'm what like, even what, is that? Like, why, is the, why is it that we only find out the elder Jamaicans' real names at their funerals? Like, why do you have different, like, why do you have a different name to what is on your birth certificate? I'm so confused. Honestly, it is. The- <laughs> I don't know why I'm still laughing at the fact that they love funeral programs like it was yeah. like the thing why my grandparents would have loads and I'd be like whose is this oh yes yes my sister arm um, yes, yes sister arm um, from yes, yes, yes. yes. you don't even know who that was from one church that's all yeah, yeah. and she brother, uh, brother Lloyd no yes no brother Lloyd used to pick me up every Sunday for church and him always used to bring you a little something you know you know I remember him Jess no oh, no I don't, you don't. <laughs> oh my gosh Karina I'm like literally my chest you know when you've laughed so hard your cheeks hurt <laughs> My cheeks are killing me. I could talk to you all night. Like, oh my gosh, you've just given me so much jokes. <laughs> so what is the pandemic? Listen, we needed it. We need, I'm not even drinking it. My cheeks are hurting me. So what is coming up? What can we expect from Black Mums up front? What is happening? Where can um, we find you? I'm going to link it all below anyway, but share the things. Share them. We've got a really, really, I should probably shouldn't even talk about this because we've signed NDAs, but whatever. Okay, um, no. <laughs> Um, I will say we've got a really exciting partnership coming up um, and it's one that's really really close to our hearts especially as black mums so we're really really excited about that so um, that will be launching in Feb 
I believe. And yeah, we're just, we've got more podcast episodes coming out. Um, we just want to continue to champion black women, black mums. We'll be doing loads of different events as we normally do. Obviously we, we can't do them in person. So yeah. we're trying to look at ways to make like events virtually really engaging and interesting for our listeners and for the community. So yeah, we, we, we're, we're here, we're here to support. We're here to share. If anyone has, you know, any questions or needs support on anything at all we are here to kind of signpost or help where we can but yeah we you can catch us on um we've just got a new website actually actually um so it's www.blackmumsupfront.com and then black mums upfront on instagram and then you can also search black mums upfront on facebook for um our private facebook group also amazing i'm gonna link them all below anyway but I'm going to end on this because I saw the Black Mums Upfront Instagram posted this and it made me laugh. It's what's your Bridgerton name? Now, can we just talk about the fact that Bridgerton definitely sounds like someone's Jamaican name? I'm just saying. <laughs> like there is someone's granddad called Bridgerton. It really does. It really is. Honestly, it really, really does. It really does. Um, but Br- your Bridgerton name. So it is the, the first thing you have to do is Lord or Lady. Cool. Lady. Um the second is the name of your eldest child uh the third thing is the last thing you ate or drank and then add a ton at the end and then the model of your car okay so lady so is it first name middle name or of the child uh first name okay so lady soraya baileyton <laughs> of of bmw Lady, <laughs> Lady Soraya Baileyton of BMW. That's, that's I love that. My Bridgerton name. That is what mine is Lady Sophia Diet Coketon of Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Which made me laugh. And then I was like, oh, but what did I eat last? And it was Lady Sophia. We have fajitas, fajitaton or Ford. <laughs> I had lasagna. So that would be Lasagnaton. Yeah. What's that? Lady Soraya Lasagnaton of, of BMW. Of BMW. Yes. I think it I think that just sums us up absolutely perfectly. Perfectly. If, if I'm entirely honest. <laughs> I feel like we should finish this sounds like my um my mum's phone voice um, <laughs> hello one. yeah yeah hello hi sister mm-hmm. um but thank you so much for sharing with me oh, it's been a pleasure thank you so I'm much making my cheeks me. hurt anytime um, <laughs> at all, we all need to make our cheeks hurt and laugh during definitely i hope this will bring some people some serious joy <laughs> when they get to listen thank you so much for being here bye Bye.